Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. So I'm going to be reading out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 8. If you are praying, you can continue to pray. I'm just going to read. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our moral flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised us, raised up from the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you for all things are for your sakes the grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God verse 16 therefore we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Hallelujah. So I'm going to minister to you today on the topic of eternal perspective. Father, we worship you. We thank you. We, uh, Lord, we know that you heard all of our prayers. Lord, um, we, are, thank you for, we just thank you for being our God, our Father. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, choosing me to minister your word, Lord God. It's a, it's a humble um, opportunity, humbling opportunity, Lord God, to, to be your vessel here this morning, Lord God. Use me. Let it be you, not me, God. Have your way. We don't want regular church, Lord. We want to see you move. We want to see your presence manifest in this place, Lord God. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody, somebody give him some praise. Come on. Yes, you may be seated. Hallelujah. So, so I'm, I'm hoping that you will join us next week in our annual turkey, turkey bowl. Um, it's fun. 
It's a bunch of old guys and um, some young guys, some old guys thinking that they still got it, young guys thinking that they still have it. They still have it. Uh, but it's, it's just a fun family game. So you bring your kids, bring, um, just come out and just either just come and just laugh at us or come and join us. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So eternal perspective. Eternal perspective. Now, we are living in problematic times now. Um, I, I, that's kind of like an understatement, right? I mean, just with the pressure of the pandemic uh, alone. So it's not as if we didn't have pressure before the pandemic. <laughs> but now with the pandemic, we, we just have all of this, this pressure. I mean, just pressure, um, just pressure every, everywhere. Um, just loss of jobs, um, just health um, of others. Um, you know, some people lost some loved ones. And so just a lot of pressure, just the pressure of, of you know, the fear of catching COVID. And then when, you, then when you get it, you have to isolate and it just changes, it just changes your, your life. Amen. And so, um, you know, and then we have pressure from our country, our co country is in shambles. Actually, our country is so divided, right? I said 2020, the year of division. But really, right, all 2020 did was expose how divided we really are, right? So we're just so, so divided. Even the church, the church is divided. Like we can't agree on anything. Like as a, as a church, we all, as Christians, we're supposed to stand for Christ. That means we're all supposed to be in the boat together. I believe some Christians have abandoned the boat and got into other boats. We're supposed to be together we're supposed to stand together like the church should be united the church should be an example of what unity actually looks like but we're so divided yeah. right so i have a question where can the church go, the world go to when they're in trouble where can the world go to for hope for encouragement can they go to the church I believe sometimes unbelievers walk into a church and they say to themselves, well, this just looks like my life. The bickering, the complaining, the division that's within the church. That's a problem. Like when, when, when unbelievers, non-believers see us, they should see Christ. When they see us, they should see Christ, right? So that's it's a stress. It's a stressful time that we're times that we're, we're living in right now. I mean, if you turn on the news, oh my goodness, they're saying that we're all gonna die. Like I had to shut the news off. You know, I walk away. I'm like discouraged. Like, are we really going? Like, we're all going to die. We have to stop allowing the world's perspective to influence us. 
We have to stop allowing the world's perspective to influence us. See, as Christians, we must see th things the way that God sees things. If not, we will make decisions according to the world. Right? During these times, God speaks to his, his believers. Amen? See, first of all, God is eternal. That means he lasts forever. So that means he was here before us, and we, he would be here long after we perish. He's an eternal God. So what does that mean? Our relationship with him is eternal. His promises are eternal. So that means God can never stop being God. He will never stop. His promises, he will never stop fulfilling his promises. So, so, so that means that there are things available to us to this day. His prompt, like so God's power has not run out. God's power has not run out. Regardless of what we see, his, his power has not run out. He is still God. He is eternal. He never stopped. He has never stopped existing. He is almighty. He is set apart from all of us. He is eternal. We get that? He is eternal. But, but, I have to say this. The level of your expectation of heaven will determine how you live your life here on earth. If, if your expectation is high of heaven, that will manifest in your, in your life in, on earth. If your level of expectation of heaven is low, that will manifest in your life here. So the level of your expectation will determine the way you live your life. The way that you live your life here on earth. Do you, you know? Like uh, a gift, ha um, um, I'm going to say this right. I want to say this right. I want you to get this. Success has less to do with your gifts than this, uh, more to do with your perspective. Because we have to understand how God looks at us. See, he sees us from, for what we believe, not for what we do. That's how he moves in our life. He sees us for what we believe, not what we do. Because he gives us the power to do. But he moves on what we believe. So if your expectations is high of heaven, or God is going to move in your life. It reminds me of the book of Acts in chapter 3 when um, Peter and John was walking by the temple. And then and he walked by this uh, a lame man. He was sitting there uh, begging for, for money. And I love Peter's res response. He, he, he looked at him. He says, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have I will give to you. In the power of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk. So what did Peter give him the expectation of heaven. Like you can get up and walk. You can be healed. You just have to have, you have, to have the expectation that God can heal you. Get up and walk. I just feel like preaching this morning. I just, someone just needs some encouragement to, today. Come on, this is not regular church. 
Come on, God's going to move in this place today. Are you expecting a word from the Lord this morning? Are you expecting for God to do some things in your life, something bigger, something that you can't even see or even imagine? Are you expecting this morning? Oh, that's some people. Are you expecting this morning? See, having an eternal perspective in many ways is the key to a life fulfilling Christ's following life. <laughs> Whatever that just meant, right? <laughs> but the key, the key, the key, that having the eternal perspective is the key to having a true Christ following life. See, perspective changes both our views and our behaviors. See, it changes our views. See, a lot of times, right, we see life out of the lens of our past, out of the lens of our pain. So going to God, he would deliver you from the past. So that way he can change your perspective how you see people, right? Because if you don't change your perspective, everyone be becomes the person that hurt you. That's why you hear, which is confusing to me, that's why you hear a lot of Christians say that I'm not a people's person. I'm, I'm just not a people. I don't do people. I'm just, I'm not a people's person. Wait, think about that for a second. What does that actually mean? You, a Christ follower, you are not a people's person? God, the Spirit of God is supposed to be in us. We're supposed to be in examples. People need to see Christ in us. So we don't just demonstrate Christ through the things that we do or our giftings and things like that. It's we, we're supposed to demonstrate the love of Christ, the love of Christ, right? So how can we say that we are not pe a, a people person, Right, because we're supposed to be an example. God sends us two people to be an example. Sends us two people to love, to, to restore. Amen? So what, doesn't the Bible says to love your neighbor as yourself? That proves that some people see life through the lens of their pain. I'm going to let that one sit there, whatever. I'm going to tease you on, on that one. See, our decisions and how we live our lives are based on how we see things. I, I think I lost you. Did I, I, I lost you with the pain, right? I, I, lost, I lost you. I love you. No, I, no, I do. I, I really do love you. So our decisions and how we live life, our lives, are based on how we see things. So in that sense, perspective is awesome. It's even more important than reality. Perspective is even more important than reality because sometimes the way we see things, we make up our own reality. But that's not how God sees them. Are you with me so far? So my heart, this is my heart for you. My heart for you is that you live a life here on earth that matters to a life in heaven. You live a life, fulfilling life, a, a, a life, a, a victorious life, a life 
of no regrets. A life here that matters to a life there. Live life on purpose, with purpose. Oh, is anyone going to go with me this morning? Like I, I, I want to preach. I just need a little help this morning. Live a life here that matters to a life in heaven. So here's Paul. He is addressing some issues the church were having. And so his instruction to the church was to, so he says, fix your eyes not on what is seen, but on what is seen. I'm sorry. So fix your eyes on what, what is seen, but not what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I love that. He says to fix your eyes on, on what, uh, she said, don't fix your, do not fix your eyes on, on, on things that we see, but fix your eyes on the unseen. Don't fix your eyes on the things that we see, fix your eyes on the, on the unseen. So God desires for us to live life in a temporary place with an eternal perspective. That's what God desires, a temporary place with an eternal perspective. So God wants to teach us to see with new eyes. Right? The importance of the eternal realm far exceeds the visible one. The eternal far exceeds the visible one. Man, if you just let that sit in your spirit, it would change how you do life. If you can get that in your spirit, it would change how you do life. So most, most of us, we, we, see, we, we see no further than the horizons of this world. So God has to change the way we see things. Right, because we just focus on the, the what's temporary. We just sometimes we just focus on the problem. He wants to change how we see things because God, God is a, a big God. He's He's eternal, right? His the, the Bible says that His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. So that means He is up top. He can see everything. So the higher you go, that's why it's important to spend time with God because He will bring you higher. The higher you go, the better you can see. The better you can see. So he have to change our short-sightedness and expand our vision. He said, I want you to see more. I want you to see things from my perspective. Right? Not from the world's perspective. Not from your neighbor's perspective. Right? He says, but from my perspective. Like God can share things to us that would truly change how we see life, truly change how we view life. Amen? But it's that spending that time with him. And the higher we go, the better we see. And then we will look at life differently. We will just say, like, this life is a brief opportunity for me to invest in. I need to invest in this life that will matter 
to a life in heaven. Ah, oh, oh, man. So here, so Paul addressed four problems and four perspectives. Four problems, four perspectives. You ready? So the first problem he addressed, he says, we, we, we are hard pressed everywhere. There's pressure going on everywhere. Everywhere there's pressure. He's saying we're hard pressed everywhere. There's pressure all around me coupled with the pressure that's going on in me. We are hard pressed I mean, these are some troubling times right now. And pressure can uh, lead into stress, right? And so we have to, we have to look at uh, like how we get stressed. We have to look at patterns. Sometimes some people, they eat more during stress. Some people eat less, right? Um, some people like keeping busy during stress. Uh, some people don't want to do anything. Amen. So we have to look at look at the patterns of our lives and see, oh, man, am I am I really stressed? Right. So 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 here's Paul addressing all the stress that, that's going on. He said we are hard pressed everywhere. We are hard pressed everywhere. But then he gives us the internal perspective. He says we are hard pressed everywhere, everywhere, but we are not crushed. We are not crushed. That means we have a way out. There's always a way. When we serve God, when we follow him, like truly follow him, there's always a way out. Because there's always an eternal perspective for every problem that we have. Uh, Are you going with me? God will never allow pressure to crush you. So what's pressing you will not crush you. What's pressing you will make you. It will not crush you. He's not going to leave you hanging. God will never leave you hanging. If you are for him, if you stand for him, God won't allow the pressures of your life to crush you. You may feel like you're getting crushed, amen, but you're never in a corner, backed into the corner and being crushed, amen. You're being pressed. See, if he's going to put his glory on you, you need to handle the weight. Somebody say, get your weight up, get your weight up, get your weight up, get your weight up. So whatever you're going through right now will not crush you. See, we have a place that we can go to. God is our refuge. We have a, he's our hiding place. And we have a secret place. Pastor Leona was preaching last week and now she was talking about a secret place. I was like, don't you dare talk about that. And she was going on and on and on and on. I was like, that is just not right. Well, the Lord told me, well, he didn't really tell me this, my mind told me, it's like it was more word to go around. Amen? <laughs> so she was talking about a secret place. We have a secret place. Like God is our, is our dwelling place, and we have a secret place that we can go to. Psalms 91, which we, we heard last week, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. 
to him I will trust. See, why does the Bible call it a secret place? Why does it call it a secret place? So the idea of a secret place is not for, to make your life private. So this is a such thing of public worship, uh, public prayer. Amen. God moves, right? When we all come together and we, we pray. So a secret place is not to keep your life private. Amen. And some people, all they do is pray all, all, all day long. Well, at least they pray, but I'm just, some people don't do that. But so, some people just pray all day long. Well, sometimes you have to come out <laughs> and be an example, right? So whatever the Lord told you, share that yeah. with other people. Be, be an example. So it's not to, it's not to make your life uh, a secret, but a secret place is where God gives you an eternal perspective for your temporary problem. Uh, this, it's where your prayers get answered. It's where he reveals the secret. Right? It's where he empowers you. Right? It's where he teaches you, trains you to win battles. Yeah. It's that secret place. Right? It's that secret place where God just starts revealing his presence to you. Amen. When you walk away empowered. Right? You start looking like God. Right? Because the more time you spend with someone, you become, you, you start looking like them. Like married couples, like look at your spouse right now. Like y'all actually look alike. Right? And I thank God for Edwin. Right? I thank God for Miriam because Edwin looks better. No, he, he does. I say it all the time. Praise God. Every time he come in, it's like, man, you look better and better every time. Because he's holding, he's holding Miriam's hand. They're together all the time. Praise the Lord. Yeah. No, not, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I got that. So God has to bring us in a secret place. He says, I got to get you out of this chaos of life right now. Stop watching the news. Stop believing of the world's perspective. I got to get you out of this chaos. I need to bring you in this secret place. I need to bring you in a secret place so I can tell you something, so I can change your perspective. I need you in a secret place so you can see different. God is saying to someone here today, meet me. In the secret place. Meet me at the secret place. Meet me at the, watch what happens. Meet me at the secret place. Thank you, Lord. See, listen to this. Having a secret place is an intentional decision to establish a routine that includes time with God. Yeah. It includes time with God. See, if you don't spend time with God, whatever you go through will crush you. Right? So whatever you're going through will crush you if you don't spend time with God. We need that eternal perspective. Because his words say, yeah, so it's not like we're going to avoid pressure. We cannot avoid pressure. Life in itself is pressure. Right? But he is saying, I need you to understand this. I need you to see what I see. Whatever's pressing you will not 
crush you. Can you turn and tell someone that? They may need that encouragement. Whatever's pressing you will not crush you. It won't crush you. That's God's promise. That's God's perspective. He said, meet me at the secret place. Then he starts to share, Paul starts to share another problem. He says, we are perplexed. Oh, my Lord. We are living in a time of perplexity right now. Right? It's just like we're saying, like, what is happening right now? What is going on? I mean, it's just bad out there, right? It's, you know, so we are perplexed. So at times we don't know what God is doing. We're like, God, like what, like what does this all mean? What, what are you doing? Right? Why, why am I going through this? What does this all mean, God? But with the Lord, there's always an eternal perspective that's going on. Right. So Paul, he realized. So he's here saying that. So we may be confused. We may not understand what God is doing. But at least we are not in despair. So that means whatever that's going on in us is not pulling us into despair. You get what I'm saying? So at least we're not in despair and despair so so that so that means like faith is working <laughs> we may not understand but faith is working right so it may be challenging right now but faith is working there's still some hope there because being in despair means that there is no hope you have abandoned hope but he is saying that, no, God is still in control. I still have faith that God is still in control. No matter what I see, I know God's working things out on our behalf. Like, think about that. God will always make it good for Christians. Whatever we, we're, we're going through, he will, make, he will make it good. Not that we're not going to go through bad things and, and some things we go through we may not see. The, re, the fruit of whatever we, we went through, but he, God's always making it good on our behalf. Yes, yes. If we continue to seek him and call on him and serve him, right? God is an eternal God. He is in control. Don't turn, up, turn your back on hope. Amen. So being in despair means that you have chosen to disbelieve God in his promises. See, the enemy loves to get us to doubt God's goodness, especially during times of trouble. He loves, he loves to get us to doubt his goodness. God is good, not just on church on Sundays. Like God's going to be good tomorrow, Tuesday. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. God is good. Don't allow the enemy to, to, to breathe doubt into you, to breathe doubt into you. Right? Listen, our lives are a beautiful pattern of God's journey. 
Nothing is wasted. Nothing is unimportant to God. Nothing is wasted. What we're going through will always be inadequate to the larger spiritual meaning of our journey. Come on. So then he get, Paul begins to share another problem in another perspective. He says, we are persecuted. We are persecuted. So when you stand for God and not for this world, you will be persecuted. Satan hates you because of what was what you stand for. I, I want to challenge some Christians, though. It may not be people in this church, but maybe you can relay this message. I want to challenge some, some Christians here, right? So make sure you are persecuted for the right things. Make sure you are persecuted because you stand out, not stand in. And some people in, in crowds, right, they, they want to stand in. They want to fit in. They, they, they want to fit into a crowd. Like, people want to fit into the world and not stand out. So make sure you are being persecuted for the right reasons. Because, because the non-believers, the unbelievers are looking and watching us, right? So they will persecute you because you say that you are a Christian, but you don't act like one. So make sure you're being persecuted for the right reasons. I, I, I want to be persecuted for, for God. Right, for the things for the Lord. I want to be persecuted because I'm trying to win the loss. I want to be persecuted because I'm trying to spread the gospel. I want to be persecuted because I'm, I want to expand his kingdom. I want to be persecuted because I'm doing the ministry of the Lord. Amen. And my love is showing and the enemy doesn't like it. That's when I want to be persecuted. That's why I want to be persecuted. Not because I actually fit in and look like the world when I'm supposed to look like heaven. I just want to challenge some Christians. I'm not saying that as people here, but make sure you relay that message. Okay? If you are not being persecuted, the question is, who are you standing for? It's just a question we have to answer. So then he says, so we are being persecuted, but we are not forsaken. Like God will never forsake us. To forsake something or someone means to renounce or entirely turn away from it. Sometimes it may feel like God has forsaken us, but he's not. He's not. See, when we start feeling forsaken, God is closer than ever. He is closer than ever, encouraging us, feeding our spirits. Amen? If you are being persecuted for the things of the Lord, amen. God's ministering to you. Amen. He's ministering to you. He will not leave you. He will not leave you nor, nor forsake you. Thank you. He will not leave you for, nor forsake you. We have to make sure when we have feelings that God has forsaken us, we don't forsake him. Amen. Because that leaves us empty and lonely and incomplete, right? Because God is the source of our life, happiness and fulfillment. And then, so the last problem in perspective, he shared different, he, he shared more perspective, but I only have four for you today. And, and so he says, the outward man is perishing, but the inward man 
is being renewed every day. I find that so awesome. He's, first Paul tells us not to lose heart. See, progress is not always visible. It's not always visible, right? So, but our struggles develops us. That's right. Our whatever we go through, it develops us. He's saying that when we go through things, it's designed for the outward man to perish, and the inward man is being developed every day, day by day. So you know what that means? That means you have a daily encounter with God. Oh my goodness, isn't that awesome? So when troubles come and we're seeking God, our outward man, like the old, like, we, like I've been praying for Ben for a long time because he's a New England Patriot fan and I see <laughs> that spirit coming off of him. He is being renewed every day. Come on, give God some praise for that. <laughs> but so when we go through things and we are committed to God, it's like the out, it, it doesn't feel good though, right? It doesn't feel good, right? But the, the spirit is killing the old man. The spirit is killing the old man. It says that we are being renewed daily, daily. So we have all these encounters with God. I don't want just one encounter with God. Some people have one encounter with God at salvation. And that's it. You don't just come to church for your only encounter with God. He said he wanted an encounter with God um, on Monday, daily encounters with him. The spirit being renewed every day. That's why Paul said to die daily, right? So that way we can have daily encounters with God. You ever seen the movie Edge of Tomorrow? Anyone ever seen that movie? Okay, good. Thanks for saving me. Some of you over there, you saw it. Okay. That's an awesome movie, right? With Tom Cruise, right? So he, uh, so the um, military, yeah, the military, well, the earth actually was um, being attacked by aliens, right? No, no. I mean, so, <laughs> so, no, seriously, the earth was being attacked by aliens. And so the military had to come in to fight the aliens, and so Tom Cruise did, had no experience in combat. So, so his first time going out there, he died. He died, but he came back to life. Then he went into this uh, loop, right? This, uh, what do you call the loop? The uh, uh, loop, I don't know what, uh, the loop. He went into a loop, a dying loop. <laughs> living loop, yeah, there you go, it's better. You are spiritual, yeah, living loop. So. So it's the living loop he was, he was a part of. So every time he came back, he, ha he had to relive. He had to die again, you know. But later in the movie, as he, every time he died and came back, he was stronger yeah. and wiser. Then he, then he finally got to a place he was able to defeat the enemy to defeat the enemy. So that's why the Bible tells us to die daily because every time that we die, right, the new man is renewed day by day and we become stronger and become wiser. 
God doesn't want us to remain the same. Each encounter should produce a newness in you. Each encounter, you should get up or, or have a new perspective. That might preach one day. It, it might, maybe I'm not the one to preach it, but that might preach one day. So every time that we die, we get up better. So every time you give up, you go up. Every time you give up your life, you go up. Right? See, Paul made all kinds of sacrifice so he can stick with God's plan. So every time you give up something, the outward man perishes and the inward man is being renewed every day. See, we'll always have, we'll always be in a temporary place, but God wants us to have an eternal perspective. Yeah. So each time Paul gave up something, he moved forward and honored God. So he, so what did Paul give up? So he gave up the, uh, uh, what he saw. Hard pressed, then he received eternal perspective. He was hard pressed, then he had the eternal perspective that he wasn't crushed. Even when he felt perplexed, right? He never fell into despair. Even when he was persecuted, he never was forsaken. So every time you give up something, the outward man perishes and the inward man is being renewed every day. Amen. Come on, stand with me.